shout of praise. He's worthy. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. I invited Janie to come up, and she just wanted to give a thanks. Many of you know, some of you don't, that her father passed away this past week, and we had the funeral on Wednesday, and so she just wanted to talk to you for a bit. I just want to say thank you so much for all of the cards and the flowers and the messages and um, just your support and the prayers. Um, Y'all were so amazing in this um, hardest time of my life. Um, I was very close to my father. Um, I loved him so much. Um, He wasn't sick. He got COVID and one day later, saying amazing great uh, how great thou art together and a few hours later he just went to be with Jesus so and he sang with me um, had to um, sing his funeral um, and because he asked me to and Mark had to preach it and and God's grace was with us because we knew we had y'all praying for us and without that I know without God's grace and all of your prayers there's no way uh, we could have did that but um, talked to my mom this morning and she was going to her church for the first time too and my sisters were going to go with her and I know that would be a very hard morning for her to go to church without my father Um, but she asked me to extend a great big hug and thank you to Grace Church she said Um, Janie, your church was just absolutely incredible. The flowers, the cards, the gifts um, were just unbelievable. So she just said to say thank you, and I say thank you for your support. Um, So blessed. We love you guys so much. Thank you. Come on, church. Uh, Middle schoolers, you can go downstairs. All the middle schoolers can go downstairs right now. I'll tell you what. Janie and Andrew and Emily sang at the funeral and just nailed it. Just amazing. Uh, Obviously, one of the hardest things she's ever done. Marcus spoke on Tuesday night and killed it. Just incredible. Uh, So, you know, God's grace is sufficient for thee. Amen. And uh, we're going to miss Jess. He was down here and served with us for about eight months back when eight years ago when he had some heart issues and uh, just a great man of God, good mentor, spiritual father, just all those great, great things. Um, wonderful person, great legacy uh, that he's left behind. So uh, we continue to appreciate your prayers. Part of the uh, just the whole decompressing. Uh, as far as Janie goes, is when you when you lose a loved one and you have to do the funeral, prepare for it, plan it, sing it, all those things, you don't really have time to grieve until afterwards. So we're just giving her some time to grieve and just to, you know, just to remember those times. And so just continue to pray for her and the family, if you would. Uh, we appreciate it, and we thank you so much. And so uh, a couple of announcements. We won't be doing the night of worship tonight. Uh, we're moving the grand opening, the re-grand opening to the downtown building to Sunday morning at 9.15 on October the 17th. And so uh, we'll have everything up and running. We may, since we've redone the children's ministry there, we may not have that up and going, but everything on the main floor will be. And so come out if you want, 9.15 downtown. Otherwise, the 11 o'clock service here will stay the same. We have Cherokee next week, Church in the Mountains. And so uh, there's information uh, on the booth. If you'd like to uh, grab something to go up there, we're going to meet around 11. Uh, outreach is from 12 to 2. We'll come back, uh, have church on Sunday. And so it's be a great time, great outreach, a great chance just to give back to a community that is uh, that is hurting. Uh, and if you're a guest here today, welcome to Grace Church. Come on, Grace Church. Let's welcome our, our guests here today. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I meet new people almost every week. And so a lot of them already know who I am because they watch online or they'll uh, they'll talk to us uh, you know thank you uh, but you know it's, this whole thing's about Jesus right and so but we we have some gifts for you if you want to go to the VIP uh, booth and if you're watching online today uh, thanks for tuning in can we give our online crowd just a, a, a shout out uh, praise God uh, love our online people 
We have people in Omaha, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, uh, California, Montana, Florida, Texas, and New York that I know for sure are watching, uh, and uh, maybe there's there's more. So, um, you know, God's good. God is so cool, uh, and He's so much so much greater than someone's yelling something. So. We're going to pray for the offering, and uh, thank you for your giving. We uh, we appreciate your weekly gift or monthly gift. Uh, couldn't do any of the things that we do without you, so we're going to pray uh, this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love a cheerful giver, a consistent giver, a, a, a Lord, a financial giver. So I pray blessings upon, Lord, the gift today and the giver. I pray, Lord, that you give them increase this week. Give them back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, Father, Lord, all that you have. By the Lord for them. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Praise God. Great job, worship team. Uh, really good worship today. So praise God. Um, oh, praise God. So a couple things. One, uh, we're, we're just still kind of reeling after the fact. Uh, it was really a a 34-hour turnaround from when we got Janie on the plane. She got to the hospital at 4.30, got to sing with her dad, talk to her dad. Her dad thought, I'll be here about four days, then I'm coming home. And then later that night, things just shifted. I was on a plane the very next day. Uh, and that afternoon, uh, her father went home to be with Jesus. So we're, we're kind of reeling from that. And uh, this, is a, a, this is a tough message. So I want you to, to bear with me. Uh, and, and listen, because I've, I said this a few weeks ago, some of you are going to hate me. At some point in time today, you're not going to like me, okay? Uh, but I want you to still love me, all right? All right, thank you. And Janie asked me to tell you, stay till the end. Don't, don't get mad and walk out on me. Just, just stay till the end because uh, it does come back around, and we really are all in this together, okay? You need to know that. It's important uh, from a pastoral standpoint to know that we stand with you, all right? And we're one walking out already. See, I can't, can't, can't win for losing. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not opposed to calling anybody out, so uh, there's, I got grace for today, so uh, just stay with me. We're going we're gonna to go through the fifth chapter of Galatians. We've been studying Galatians, and it's broken down into really three parts. One's about the first part is freedom. Second part is just sin and sin nature, not falling into sin nature. And then the third part is just the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we long for and, and want to move towards. There's a really cool analogy I'm going to give just about the fruit. That's why you need to kind of stand in with us until the end, uh, because again, we're, we're walking through life together, and we really truly are better together in every sense of the word. So we're going to talk about alternative lifestyles. We're going to talk about different things. So I want you just to tune in. Uh, because I have a different slant on some of that, and you need to know, okay? So what we're going to do uh, a little differently today, I'll give a point, read kind of the scripture, expound on that point, and we'll just move systematically through. It's a little bit more teaching, but uh, I want to teach from love today. I want to teach from uh, the heart of a pastor, but also the heart of love, because I truly do love everybody in our church. I really one of the things I learned from my father-in-law is just to love on people. He, he was a little different when he was younger because he was looking out for his, his, his daughters and son. I didn't really feel the love early on. <laughs> but he grew to love me, and I really grew to love him. And, I, and one thing I saw in him is he loved all people. And, and so uh, I would say Grace Church... We love people the way they are, but we all know that we all have to change in some ways, okay? There's things in our life that maybe we have to change. And I think the, the beauty of what we need Grace Church to be is that we work on changing ourselves, not other people. And so let's let the word change us, amen? Let's not, let, let's, let's, let's let our agenda be Jesus, okay, and not other things, sub-things, because otherwise that becomes an antichrist. If, if something that we're trying to prove or something that we're trying to push forward above the Lord becomes anti-to-Christ, then it becomes an antichrist. So let me pray, and then we'll walk through this thing systematically. And again, I hope you hear uh, my heart and the love I have for you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for its truth. And we thank you, Lord, that we can learn and grow from it. So help us, Lord, to learn and grow. Help our hearts to be open 
and to be humble, Lord, to understand all that you have. We love you. We bless you. Bless the hearer today and each every person, oh Lord, that is walking through whatever they might be, Lord, that we would be in tune with that as well. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, amen. So Galatians, uh, fifth chapter, the first point is take your stand for Christ, but don't make it be an agenda. Take your stand for Christ, but, but don't let, don't let not, not, not that Christ can't be an agenda, but not your agenda. Again, that becomes anti-Christ. If our agenda, if all we're speaking about is defending something that we're doing or defending something that we are, defending but not preaching Jesus in a loving way and sharing Christ in a loving way and being Christ to people in a loving way, then we may have things turned upside down just a little bit. Now, I don't do social media, but I hear certain things on social media, and I really don't Instagram, I don't Facebook, I don't do any of those things, and uh, Janie doesn't do uh, most of those things, and every now and then she'll, uh, she'll show me an Instagram post or something, and, and never she, does she show me a bad one. It's always just kind of uplifting or, hey, read this one, what this person's going through, and th- I like it that way because I don't, I, the, the world is so political nowadays. There's so much politics going through, and I think in some ways we've allowed the enemy to step in and bring uh, divisiveness and division inside the body of Christ, and we are truly a powerful entity of God, an institution, if we walk through these things together, if we if we look out for one another. So we're going to read, I'll give you a point, we'll read the scriptures that attain to it, I'll, you can write them down if you want, this message Bible, so it runs together a little bit, but Galatians 5, 1 through 6, says Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I am emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision, or, or it would be the law in this case, or any other rule-keeping system, at that same moment, Christ's hard-won gift freedom is squandered. In other words, if we put anything on salvation, if you're free, you're free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? You are free. But Paul, he's going to change about halfway through because he doesn't want us to use our freedom for a crutch. In other words, he doesn't allow us to do things that maybe we feel like we should or could be able to do. At that same moment, I repent my, I repeat my warning, the person who accepts the ways of circumcision trades all the advantage of the free life in Christ for the obligations of the slave life of the law. I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ, you fall out of grace. Meanwhile, We expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior faith expressed in love. Can you say amen? And this this is so true. Now listen, when I say some things today, there will be some times where it's appropriate not to say amen because we don't want to offend or hurt people that might be in our congregation that we're walking through life together with, okay? And so, you know, I say something about a political party. I don't need you to clap because I'm going to say something contrary about that political party right after that. If I say something about a lifestyle, I don't need you to clap because I might say something contrary or to your opinion of that lifestyle right after that. We have to be careful that our stand is for Christ, that our stand is not for an agenda other than Christ. And he says here at the very end, uh, we saw it where it says, love, uh, uh, faith expressed in love. So our faith in Christ is expressed in love to each other. That's how faith works. So my faith is in God. I can't hate other people. And my faith is in Christ. I can't disregard human beings. Every person that is human, God loves. God is love. God loves everybody. He may not, uh, he, I'm, he may not love what they're doing. You know, I, I don't like the bumper sticker that says, you know, hate the sin, love the sin, or whatever. Because, it, listen, we're all born into this thing. We're all born into this life, and it's a, it's a fleeting life. It's a passing life. And every time I do a funeral, every time I have a, a loved one that passes alongside, especially someone dear, there's this mortality that sets in. That's like, wait a second. I really never thought your father was going to die. I mean, you know it's going to happen, but it's a reality check when it does. 
And we see icons that moved on, and now it's the church's responsibility to pick up that slack, to pick up that mantle, to pick up that, 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 uh, that, that sword and not use it as an offensive weapon against each other, but use the sword as an offensive weapon against the enemies, okay? And so make your stand, take your stand, but make your stand Jesus. Don't make your stand for an agenda, don't make your stand for something that, well, I can do this because, you know, God says it's okay, or I can do this because I, I've been cleared, or I found three scriptures that, that allows me to do it, and all these things. Just, just, I want you, as we go through this message today, to continually check yourself and say, wait a second. Yeah, I need to, I need to be, I need to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. If I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, then the old man truly does pass away. We're, we're, we're given this life in Christ, and we, we, we're all products of the fall. Every person, product of the fall. Every lifestyle, product of the fall. Everything that's not Christ is a product of the fall. We'll talk about that a little bit more. So I would say take your stand, but make your stand in Christ, like Paul says, and don't make it be agenda-based. You don't have to defend yourself. Isaiah 58 says God will defend you, but you need to make sure that your life is lining up to biblical standards and to biblical means. When we, when we line our life up with Christ, then we have this specific amount of freedom. Number two, no excuses. I think we, we've learned in life that we can make excuses for things. I, our daughter, <laughs> Jill, uh, sweetest, just a sweet, sweet person. Just, and she, unfortunately, she, you know, she had like 14 people just embark on her house and, and her uh, only son, only child is in the first grade. So he had to get up and, and uh, she, she was saying something about, I don't, I don't think she goes, she's a, in a suburb of Omaha called Papillion. She said, I don't think Papillion concentrates on spelling all that well. <laughs> so, but he's only in first grade. I think you sounded out in, in first grade. And, and, but, and it wasn't, certainly wasn't an excuse. It was a beautiful analogy that I think sometimes if we're not careful, no, we don't expound on grace, but then we don't expound on the freedom as well. I, you can't really take grace without freedom. Let's read um, our, our verses here. I think it's 13 through 15. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. How I many says amen? I mean, you, you're, you are allowed to be free in Christ. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you do and destroy your freedom. Church, that'll preach. Don't, don't do it. Well, pastor, what does that mean? Can, can we qualify? We'll qualify it in just a minute. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? Oh my goodness, so many words there that, that the Message Bible tells us that if we're not careful, we lose our freedom. And not only that, do we lose our freedom, then we start attacking each other. We start annihilating, and then our freedom becomes uh, a crutch to us, and the crutch becomes a leverage that we, that we wear these, these handcuffs. And I, and I want to tell you, because it's prevalent in the world today, and, 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 we, and we, we'll talk about it somewhat today, but there, there's no excuses. There's no, like, I'm not, uh, I'm, when we grew up, uh, those of us in uh, South Omaha, uh, we would call each other dumb Pollocks. That may, may be offensive to some of you. And then, and then there were the stubborn Belgians. Well, I'm half Polish and half uh, Belgium, so I'm stubborn in my stupidity, <laughs> I guess. But I'm faithful in my walk with Christ. And so some of this stuff, it seems so simple that we can't make excuses. I, I, I'm going to, so you, we have to be careful that we don't make excuses. Well, that's the way I was born. I made the joke earlier, uh, there might be redheaded uh, Irish people in here. In fact, we have a drummer who's redheaded Irish. And, and, we, and, and so we laugh, but, but here's everything on how we were born is a product of the fall. Now, I've taken 
uh, classes, I've gone to seminars, I've read books, and I've tried to, re I've tried to read books in a non-arbitrary fashion, like, in other words, no biases, how, how are we looking? And so I will address for a moment the LGBTQ community, because I know in some cases it's like, well, I was, I, I was born this way, okay, or, or, the, or something happened in my life and I, I turned this way, but I, I would talk about in a moment uh, alternative lifestyles, and I want, I, I have extremely good close friends that go to this church that are members of the LGBTQ community. I love them dearly. I love them passionately, and I thank God for them every day. However, I think one of the excuses, and, and these words could be hard and maybe offensive to some, I apologize ahead of time, one of the excuses is, well, I was born this way. Well, the problem with, with that is we can become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And if someone has a homosexual tendency, I would, I would, as a pastor, I would say, well, then just start, then maybe follow a celibate lifestyle, just as I would uh, someone who's in drugs and addicted to drugs. Well, then, then you know, stay, and it's harder, it's easy to say than it is to do, don't, then stay away from the drugs until freedom comes. Now, uh, as a church, we take this stand, and my friends in, the, in this community know that, that we believe that a biblical marriage is one man and, and one woman. Uh, again, uh, in the biblical marriage, a man's law has come in and allowed uh, same-sex marriage or civil unions, however you want to call them. And I do understand behind the scenes why some of that takes place for uh, HEPA laws or for uh, uh, beneficiary uh, in life insurance and, and some of those things or, or for physical or health insurance and medical reasonings. I, I understand. I get it. I think where the church has dropped the ball is we stop loving people in certain communities, and we've raised the hate flag. And I think we have to be careful because even Jesus said, Paul says, we need to love our neighbor as ourself. We need to love people just the way they are. We need to have grace with people, but as, as people, individuals. See, here the problem, as I see it with the church, is the church has a lot of hidden sins. Uh, the man who drinks until he's drunk every night but shows up on Sunday and is ready to serve. The person who watches porn on their computer each night long until their, their marriage is disrupted or they're erect. The person who runs around on their, on their spouse until they, they end up getting divorced. Uh, but the LGBTQ community comes into church and because they're not ashamed of who they are, everybody points fingers at them and says, hey, what about them? Pastor, what are you going to do about them? I'm going I'm to work on them as soon as I work on you. Because Jesus says, don't judge. Judge not lest you be judged for the same measure that you judge. So if you measure them for being damned to hell, the same measure that you judge, that same measure is going to come back to you. That's a heavy scripture. But I think we have to be careful that in any, in any uh, relationship, in any community, that every part of our life is born as a byproduct of the fall. Jesus came then to make us right again. So our freedom gives us the liberty to live a free life, but not necessarily the freedom to live a life the way that we see fit. So number three is live freely, but don't sin. Live freely but don't sin. Well, what is sin? John said sin is knowing to do good or right and not doing it. That's sin. And so when we, let's, let's visit with that community one more time. Uh, and this is not about the LGBTQ community. Please hear me on this. This is simply because as a topic in America today, the church is anti. We're, we're anti, and Grace Church is not. Grace Church loves LGBTQ community. Okay, now some of you, I've just made some of you mad. I make this service, this service, some of you will be happy at me at one point in time. You'll hate me again at uh, another point. And then the ones who hate me will be happy. But then once these people get happy, these people will, will hate me. So I promise you won't hate me when this is over with. Th three people aren't going to hate me. Four, about half a dozen of you. Thank you. Uh, next week's service will be in my living room because that's all we'll need. <laughs> Live freely, but don't sin. Live freely, but don't sin. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, for a moment. Well, let's, let's read the scripture. I think, we, I think we got some scripture here. Let's read that first, 16 through 18. My counsel is this, Paul says, live freely, 
animated and motivated by God's spirit, then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness, all right? So most sin is based on pride or selfishness. You're not going to tell me what to do. I can do this if I want. Here's the scriptures that tell me I can. I think we got to check all of our scriptures in at the door. we got to check all of our attitudes in at the door. We have to check all of our pride and selfishness in the door. And we have to walk in the doors of God's house and say, God, here I am. You change me into the person that you want me to be. I'm not going to defend anything ever again. That was a good place to clap. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit. That, there, there you go. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsion of law-dominated existence? In other words, sometimes our excuse becomes a law-dominated existence. Well, this is how I am, this is how I'm going to be, and this is, this is, not, this is not true in this particular case. Our law-dominated existence, in other words, how we deem ourselves to be, the hang-up or the hiccup or the habit or the lifestyle that we've chosen can be a law-dominated existence rather than being free in Christ to allow God to use us and choose to use us in that freedom that he has for us. We, we have people that will point out specifically the LGBTQ community and say, Pastor, they're wrong. They should be changed by now. How come they're all that? And they'll give me scriptures, and they'll give me scriptures in the Old Testament, which is understandable. But the problem with the Old Testament is that wayward son or daughter who lives a free lifestyle of uh, pornography, of premarital sex, of fornication, of drunkenness, you, parents, should be taking them out back and stoning them. So don't point out a lifestyle and say, these people are wrong when you're, you and your children are doing the very exact same thing, just in a different way. And the church, again, can hide, all right, their sin while other people live openly. And again, that may be offensive to some because some will say, well, my lifestyle is not sin, all right? That would be open for debate. Like I said, in my particular stance on it, I would say maybe it should be more of a celibate lifestyle if you deal with those tendencies. Uh, and the biblical part of marriage that I understand scripturally would be one man and one woman, not two of the same sex. Now, again, we have uh, married couples in our congregation that are of the same sex. And I have people ask me all the time, we are all going to stand in front of the king one day. It's my job to teach it the way I interpret it, the way I see it, but it's also my job to love everybody as God loves them and as I love myself. We have to operate in love. So we live freely, but we don't sin. So what, again, what is sin? If I know to good, do good and don't do good, then I stand in that realm. It, the whole key to this whole message today is that if, as, if Grace Church can, does, and will walk in love with each other, then we put away the finger pointing. We stop looking at things and we stop, uh, we stop talking about those realms. And so there's a root of sinful self-interest in all of us. Every single one of us has a root of self-interest that we look at ourselves first. I would ask if you would look at yourself first as far as judging goes. You know, I would ask that you look at yourself and say, okay, God, I do this every night before I go to bed. Did I do something? Did I say something? Did I think something? Did I act in a way that wasn't pleasing to you? Would you reveal it to me so that I don't? I am a work in progress, and I believe you probably are as well. I had a gentleman tell me, not in this church, but another church, he didn't want my wife on the platform. That was the wrong thing to say. I'll be honest with you. He said, First uh, Corinthians says, you, you, you know, women should sit down and shut up. I said, well, you should make your wife sit down and shut up. How's that for pastoral care? And he said, well, I can show you the scripture. I said, well, I can show you the scripture. We can make this real biblical. Let me take you out back and lay hands on you. <laughs> True story. He failed to tell me he had been married and divorced three different times with living spouses. He didn't quote that scripture to me. He just wanted my wife to sit down. 
See how hypocritical that sounds? So when we start pointing out other people's sins, maybe we should look at our own life first. Maybe we should ask the Lord to examine our, our life first. And if we do that in love, because we love other people, then we have this opportunity to, to live freely, but not to sin. Again, these are words of Paul, echoed by the power of the Holy Spirit into each and every one of us that says, wait a second, I, man, if I love God so much, and, and again, let me say this in love, because people will say, what about their fruit? And, and I'm talking about all people, but I'll, I'll, I will specifically say one more time, the LGBTQ community, the, what about their fruit, Pastor? Well, let me talk to you about their fruit. When Marcus blew his leg out four years ago, it was people, members of that LGBT community that offered to mow his grass and bring him meals and do whatever he done. It wasn't the churchy crowd that liked to judge everybody. So what about fruit? I'd say that fruit was pretty good. Uh, but pastor, yeah, yeah but what? Is that, are we looking at fruit or not looking at fruit? So we have to understand that as we walk through this thing in Christ together, that there are going to be, be, because here's another thing then. Well, let, let's go on to the next one. The next one will grab you. It'll grab you really good. Any lifestyle developed after the fall is alternative. People will say, they have an alternative lifestyle, or we'll say they have an alternative lifestyle. I have said it's an alternative lifestyle. The Lord showed me when I was up in Omaha preparing for this message and preparing for a funeral service that all, all lifestyles after the fall became alternative because they're not the way that God chose them to be. So what's an alternative lifestyle? The guy stuck on drugs for 15 years, that's an alternative lifestyle. The guy who's a drunk alcoholic, that's an alternative lifestyle. The guy stuck on pornography or runs around on his wife or the woman who has an affair, that's an alternative lifestyle. The person who has a child out of wedlock, that's an alternative lifestyle because it's not the way God. Alternative lifestyles are not just the LGBTQ community. It's all, per, it's all people who walk in sin. But when you walk in Christ, now there's a freedom that goes with that. And I don't have to be this person. Now, it may take years. It may take years for someone to come to a realization that any hiccup, habit, or, or, or hindrance to their walk is something that is not biblical, that they can be free. Not everybody comes free instantaneously, but there's a lifestyle there that becomes alternative to the plan of God, and it was broken with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that happened is one son committed murder to another one. I mean, it, it, this is alternative. This is not God's plan. So we, I'm asking every person here to find God's true and unaltered plan in your life. Don't try to find a scripture that matches the way you want to be, whether it's angry or whether it's been, you know, whatever it is. It, a lot of it becomes a mentality. So let's read the scriptures that go along with that, 19, 20, and 21. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time, repetitive, loveless cheap sex, stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, and impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded, lopsided pursuits, vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, Stop there for a second. Leave that up there. This is true with America today. If you're vaccinated, some people hate you. If you're not vaccinated, some people hate you. If you wear a mask, some people hate you. If you don't wear a mask, some people hate you. If you voted for Trump, people hate you. If you didn't vote for Trump, people hate you. And it's, and it's coming to the church world. The church world is more divided than it's ever been. And that is not God's plan. We have did exactly what that's saying. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. You force it. God loves everyone. He is love. Well, Pastor, I can't, I can't line up with that group of people. They're just, they're not like me. If they didn't vote my way, well, then you need to, or you may not make heaven. I'll show you, I'll show you in the scripture in just a minute uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. There, again, that, that goes to lifestyle right there. Ugly parodies of community, I could go on. This isn't the first time I have warned you, Paul says. You know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. If we, listen, if we don't, 
If we don't walk this thing out in love with our brothers and sisters, well, they're not my brothers and sisters because they voted for Biden. Shame on you. Shame on you. They're not my brothers and sisters because they're black. Shame on you. They're not my brothers and sisters because they're part of the LGBTQ community. Shame on you. Pastor, are you saying a gay person's going to go to heaven? I'm going to say God's going to judge that gay person's heart. Just like he's going to judge your heart. You, we are not the judge. But are you giving them the freedom for that lifestyle? I've already given you my stance on that lifestyle. I think it should be celibate if they have those tendencies. Just like I think if you run around and have sex with a girl and you're not married, you should be celibate. Don't play the heterosexual card when you're, when you're living a lifestyle of getting drunk on Saturday night, going out and trying to uh, have sex with some girl that you're not married to, and coming to church on Sunday morning and throwing your arms and say, praise God, this is amazing. Pastor preaches on grace. That's not, that's not grace. That's not grace. That's, that's you hindering your own freedom because you're thinking that you're better than somebody else because they don't see what you're doing or who you are. Now, that love says this, we're going to accept you, but we have to accept every person. Amen? And if we accept every person, that doesn't give us the right to judge them, but does give us the right to pour into each and every person. We have to take that level and say, okay, is, is, how am I? I'm, a, I'm not a good person because I do good things, because there's only one good, Jesus says, and that's God the Father. And if God the Father is good, then that's not, that's not who I am. So I'm just, I, I need to strive every day to make myself a better person, to make myself a more loving person and a more accepting person of people that God wants me to love. And I'll say it one more time, depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Half the church hates the other half in America, maybe around the world. We're, we're politically influenced, we're, 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 we're racially influenced, we're, we're, we're agenda influenced, and Jesus is just sitting on the throne saying, man, if you just give it all over to me, I'll, I'll make this thing crazy good, and people will just come in left and right. We, we want to qualify them at the door, and I think that's, that's irresponsibly wrong if we try to do those things because God is, is, is so good at changing people from the inside out, not because we want them changed, but because he wants them changed. He changes us. So let me talk about the final third for a second, and that's the, the fruit of the Spirit. The, I'll, I'll list them for you. Many of them you know them by heart. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all fruit of the Spirit, all an asset that God gives us through the power of his Holy Spirit. But there's some things about fruit or vegetables, okay? Let me explain them to you. One, the first thing is fruit is gradual. It takes time. You can't plant a seed one day and expect a tree the next day. God says his word will not come back void, but it doesn't say how long it takes in Isaiah 55 and 11. And so if we understand that there's a seed planted in the ground, yesterday I uh, planted some bushes around the house, and uh, one was a pear tree. And I went out today, this morning, to see if there was any pears on the tree. There wasn't. So we don't know how long it might take for that, for that drug addict to get off of drugs. We don't know how long it might take for someone that has a, what we would call an alternative lifestyle in any way, shape, or form to, to understand uh, that Christ is here to set us free. We have to work on our own freedom before we can work on somebody else's, and this freedom here might take an eternity to get there. And we, but we have to preach truth as we see it. We have to teach and, and, and love and believe. Second, fruit is inevitable. It will come. The fruit is it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take place. If you're talking about vegetation in the Midwest, you're talking between 90 and 127 days. And so we want to do kind of the Big Mac thing. We want to we go through the drive through service, and we want it right here and right now. Fruit takes time. Fruit takes an awful lot of time sometimes uh, before it will come, but it's inevitable the more we grow, the more we go, the more we bring, the more we love each other. Number three, it's, it has a root system, but it's unseen. We don't know someone's root system. 
We, we don't know why someone is the way they are, but we also don't know what God's doing in their root system. They're growing deep down. Their roots are like fingers or tentacles, and they, they spread out, and they cause this huge, humongous tree to stand tall, and the root system gathers the, the nutrients from the soil and the water, and it runs up the, new, the root system, and it feeds them. And so what we have to be concerned about is each other's root system. Are they getting fellowship? Are they getting community? Are they getting love? Are they getting, are they getting the necessities to have life, okay? Are they getting the word? Are they getting praise and worship? And not just on Sunday, but, but through the week, that, that, that fruit has a root system. And then fourth, and finally, it's symmetrical. The fruit grows together. And this is the part you need to really not walk away from. Like the saying goes, you're only as strong as the weakest link. If, we're, if we continue to grow in love for each other, we grow together. In fact, John said that love covers a multitude of sins. And there was a long time in my life I didn't really totally understand what that looked like. But if we love people that maybe other people can't love or maybe people haven't loved themselves or maybe people keep going back to a, a way of life, if it's an addiction or a way of life that maybe we don't understand, but we continue to love them through that, then this is what happens. Let me show you a picture of a cornfield from the Midwest. Look at how beautiful that corn is. Some of you can't appreciate it, but that's beauty. Beautifully dark green, maybe, you know, six feet tall. Look at it, though. That, that, that corn's never been mowed, yet it's all the same level. It's all the same height. That's a really important thing that we have to understand is it grows in symmetry. That's how fruit grows. That's how especially vegetation goes. Come on back, worship team. That's how vegetation grows. That, that symmetry there is how God wants to grow his church, not I'm better than you are or I'm weaker than you are, not I, I, I get it and you don't, not that my guy's better than your guy or my program's better than your program or my agenda's bigger than your agenda or I've got to defend my agenda and, and you don't have to. And all those things flow through. When God looks down and sees his church, the body of Christ, this is how he sees them. He doesn't see a Billy Graham and, uh, and a nobody. He doesn't see a Mother Teresa and, and somebody who, who, who's just struggling along. He sees his body like this. And this is how we need to see people. We need to see people gathered together in love, looking out for each other, knowing that together we walk through this thing. Stand with me uh, this morning if you would. We're going to close with a song, but I want you just to, to challenge yourself. Just if you're okay with it, close your eyes for a moment and just raise your hands and just start to worship your king. And, and just ask the Lord, because this is a good place to start. Lord, is there anything in my life? And I open, Father, I'm open to the Holy Spirit. I don't want my freedom to penalize me. I don't want my freedom to handcuff me. I don't want my freedom to, 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 to mark, hey, this is, this is who I am, or this is how I am, or and I don't want to judge other people. So, Lord, would you, would you challenge me? Or challenge me one day was I felt like I was being a judging person. This was years ago. And he just challenged me, don't, don't judge those people. I'm working on those people. I love those people. You start to love those people. And so I just started to love people that were contrary to my thoughts or my ideas or my actions. And, and the love of God just started to flow through me. So just ask God today if there's, maybe you, maybe you judge people or maybe you defend yourself or maybe you, you're struggling in an area. Ask the Lord just to, to come in and to start that freeing process so that you're not handcuffed. Father, I pray right now for our church. I thank you, Lord, for Grace Church. I thank you for the people of Grace Church. I thank you for each and every single person. I apologize, Lord, if I've singled anybody out today that, that wasn't with, within your realm. Lord, I, I, I apologize, Father, Lord, for um, just Lord, pointing things out. But I pray, Lord, that you would help us all, each and every one of us, to love each other to love uh, people that look different than us, act different than us, that we would walk in that love, that we would not look for a man, 
or entity, a government, other than your government, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, to cure the problems that are in the world today, that we look to the King of Kings and the Lord of all glory, the bright and morning star and the lily of the valley. Father, Lord, wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, we thank you, Father. So deal with us as we even sing this next song to know, Father, Lord, that you are on the throne. And Lord, we want our lives to please you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.
How many of you received that message today? You know, are you grateful to have a pastor that loves you enough to share truth even when it might be difficult? You know, a pastor's job, the Bible uses the word uh, pastor, but uh, it could be accurately interpreted shepherd. A shepherd does feed and a shepherd does provide water for sheep, but also protects. And I think that's kind of what's happening today. But also Jesus Christ, one of the names that the Bible gives him is the good shepherd. So it's God's will and it's God's plan for us that we would have, walk in good health. And, and part of that comes with a message like this today. So uh, it takes a humility to uh, speak something like that, but also to hear it. And so um, I just wanted to close the service in a word of prayer and just invite you um, one more time as Pastor already did, just to examine our hearts and just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and to do what only God can do, uh, way beyond what words can really um, uh, put into, to be articulated, to, to put words into it. So um, uh, again, we want to thank you for coming to Grace Church. Uh, this is a place of hope. This is a place where you can uh, be a part of our family, and you, you can belong here. Amen. So we'd love to meet you again afterwards. But let's just ask God one more time uh, just to, to do what only he can do. Father, I thank you so much for your word uh, that was preached today. I thank you, Lord, that uh, your Holy Spirit brings comfort and that you also bring conviction. Lord, that you are a God that sets us free. But Lord, we wouldn't even know what freedom is if we didn't know what sin was. So we thank you for the message of hope today that says that we can live free because of the grace, not just because of the law, but Lord, because of your mercy and your grace, because of your love. And so Lord, we stop today and we reflect on that. And we thank you for your sacrifice, your sacrifice that sets us free, your love. We thank you that we have the Holy Spirit the power of God. We thank you, Jesus, that we have your love and your sacrifice. And we thank you, God, that we have a body of believers that we can join together with, Lord, so that we can overcome whatever comes our way. Lord, because we are not alone, because you are with us. I pray that you'd go before each one of us, empower us with your spirit to do what you have called us to do. Help us to shine this light to those around us. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.